Hey, y'all doing today? It's uh, Chris here with uh, Sticky's Cabana podcast slash vlog. This is uh, season one, episode six. And today, I'd like to introduce y'all to Bannister and Gary. How y'all doing? Good. Good. Y'all don't mind? Tell us a little bit about yourselves. My favorite color is vermilion. <laughs> <laughs> Clear. Well, I don't like the color so much. I like the word. Yeah, there you go. I was born in Mexico, Missouri. Raised partially by my grandparents and started music after I was injured in a motorcycle wreck. So as, as I was recovering, I saw a band on the Ed Sullivan show. And went, I did that. <laughs> so, there you go. Of course, he's from a completely different area than uh, the mid Missouri. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I grew. Was born in the New York City. And uh, two months later, we moved out on Long Island and spent most of my life there. Uh, after I was a jock, well, I actually played trombone from fourth through eighth grade, decided to be a jock, because that's where the women were. Yeah. Okay? And uh, broke every bone I could, and now I feel it. But um, then I started picking up the guitar and started playing, and... Uh, 1979 said, hey, I'm going to do this full time. Yeah. Came out here, met Bannister. He hired me into his band, and a week later we were on a plane going to Florida, playing uh, spring break on Do Daytona Beach. And that was in what year? 1981. There you go. Somewhere around there. Yeah, that, I bet that was interesting. Yeah, it was. They had, there was a uh, thing called Expo America, and what they did was they signed up different acts and uh, you would play in these college towns, and the winner of the Battle of Bands would get to go to this uh, finals thing. So they had companies like Matouche Wine, Camel Light Cigarettes, you know, stuff like that yeah. as their sponsors. And, and uh, we happened to win the one that was here in uh, Columbia. And we met 16 other bands at uh, Daytona Beaches. It was pretty much fun. I had a hard time getting there. Yeah. <laughs> Rub trip. Well, yeah. I we we played this place called the Stein Club mm -hmm. the night before, and myself and one of the roadies got uh, had obliterated too many, too many quarter <laughs> beers and didn't wake up in time. And so when we got up, we fought, we raced to the airport. I see this plane going off, <laughs> and I went. I said, "I bet that's our plane." And I see the drummer throws down his suitcase. We got on the next plane made it. and made it to Atlanta. And I think we actually almost made it on time. To, the, the thing wasn't until the next day. I didn't learn my lesson because the <laughs> guitar player and I had a Crown Royal party yeah. that night. And we were really, really hungover the next day when we had to play. That, that can make a rough time. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it's real loud, especially with the drummer right next to you, I'm sure. Yeah, he's behind me, but oh, yeah. he's loud anyway. Yeah, definitely was. So, uh... How long y'all been playing? Was it, was it, you said since like 81, 80, 81? I, been, I started playing, I had played yeah. in, in band in yeah. high school and, and uh, I also did sports and, but decided I was going to be a, you know, a rock star and so I just started probably playing seriously in, I don't know, middle, early 70s. Middle, early, yeah. Yeah, same with me. About the same with it, yeah. And then together, y'all been together since like 80, 81? Somewhere in there. Yeah. 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 Quite a while. Yeah. It's yeah. so almost, uh, you're pushing, what, 45 years? Well, not quite. 40. 40 years. Yeah. 40 mm -hmm. years. 
been counting. Yeah, 40 years. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, when was it? When was it? was March of '81, so yeah. it would be 40 years. 40 years. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. So, uh, with the uh, last couple of years with the big C hitting everybody, um, how did that affect with what you guys do? <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in addition to the band thing, I do this assisted living memory care yeah. show. It's a music therapy program. Sometimes Gary does it with me. Within 48 hours, in March of I guess 2020 is when yeah. they started to pay attention. Yeah. Um, I lost all my gigs. It just didn't matter because that was the first place that they said you can't go in there. And you could understand. Yeah. But you wouldn't. And any gigs that we had as a band uh, kind of disappeared. Plus we had we had two other people in the band, and they both lived out of town. It uh, and they ended up. You know, through just because there there wasn't anything to do, yeah. um, and didn't they didn't really have the connection that Gary and I do, and so they ended up uh, falling off the ship. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes it rough. Uh, did y'all play any shows at all in 2020? Yeah, yeah. I think we went down to Herman. Yeah, Herman. Where else did? We? Yeah, I think he. Did we do? Wasn't that when we did uh, that place in Jefferson City? High Street last year. Yeah, that was last year. That Definitely. was last year. So 2021 seemed to pick up for sure. It picked up, but not yeah. not, it's not, not where you want. Not where you want. It started to. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then it's kind of hit a snag again for sure. Yeah, I got. I I was getting a lot of my places back. I had probably 30 or 40 venues that I was doing that therapy show at. Yeah. And every time I get kind of comfortable again, somebody would have an outbreak and, yeah. and they would have to shut down for whatever, the th you know, 10 to 14 days. Yeah. It's starting to come back. Yeah. Did y'all do a lot of practicing in the time off? We practice basically? anyway. Yeah, you practice anyway, yeah. but yeah, I mean, no, nothing else much to probably do, was But during the Big C, we also, yeah. uh, because we didn't have a lot to do, we put out a uh, little CD called Keep Calm and mm -hmm. listen to Bannister Tarleton. And it, part of the reason was, uh, we didn't have any money to donate to people, but we could donate this CD to restaurants that were advertising takeout, yeah. carryout. And so yeah. we give the CD to them, and they included in their in their uh, in their order. Gary took some to I think the La Siesta. Yeah, and then the grocery store down here. Yeah, um, yeah. give them out. And they, you know, we we, we got quite. They had like five songs on it. Yeah. And, uh, it had a kind of a positive opening tune. It had "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star." Yeah. And it had uh, a Woody Guthrie tune. Yeah. Yeah. I think you played that at the command. I'm pretty yeah. sure the Woody Guthrie tune. This land is your land. Yeah. 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 I remember that. So you guys both played at the Cabana, uh Was it last year? <coughs> twice. Yeah. yeah. Twice. Um, Do y'all see any positives out of there? Uh, anything? How? How? You know? How it's going? Yeah, I, I did. I, yeah. And. Uh, we got that, wasn't that one video from there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Captain Kirk. Oh, yeah. Captain yeah. Kirk was was recording us the first time, I think, we played. not Because he wasn't there. He was somewhere else Yeah. in October. Yeah, Yeah. we got a, we got a really decent video of the Peter Droge song, mm -hmm. Kill Myself. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we've been able to use that, you know, you know on our website. Plus, I went to... Uh, chop it down for 30 seconds, you mm -hmm. know, so put it on a thumb drive and give it to clubs and say, hey, we'll this is us this. live. Yeah, yeah, listen to this. That makes mm -hmm. sense. That's good. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, Kirk, uh, 
We've actually got their band coming up here. Uh, is it next week? No bail. No need bail. Need bail. Need bail. Yeah. I was close. Need bail. You were real close. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd rather I'd rather need bail than no bail. <laughs> yeah. For sure on that one. So how many how many albums do you all have out? Releases on that on the Green Horse label is forty three. Yeah. So that would include singles and whatnot. There's been a couple other releases on different labels. Yeah. So, but we, on, on the Green Horse label, it's 43. 43. Good singles and some things. So Quite much. a bit. Yeah. Well, it's been a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, true. It's yeah. kind of, you know, like any other other musicians that you see that have been around 30, 40 years, you know, they they have 40, 45 yeah. albums out, and there's a reason, you know, mm -hmm. for sure. So what kind of equipment do you all have with you all today? I've got two amps here. Mm -hmm. This is just practice amps. i got my Fender Vibro Champ, which I'm playing my guitar through. And then I've got a Fender 25R, what, I can't even read it, but uh, one of my son's friends visited us and left it, so I use it for my vocals. Yeah. And then I've got my pedal board, which I have a Boss Tremolo, <coughs> a uh, Boss Digital Delay, an Ibanez distortion box, that's about, I call it a stomp box, and then a Boss Chorus, which I use. There you go. He's also got a, a uh, cowbell. Oh yeah, yeah I got a cowbell. Yeah, the cowbell. Need more cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a this isn't the rig I use when we play live, but mm -hmm. this is a Yamaha, and then the one underneath it is an Elka. So the Yamaha normally, except for sound effects, I use it as an organ, mm -hmm. and this one is is just the piano. It's being and this is the drum machine. His name is Jack. He's Jack Vitovsky. Uh, yeah, he's Jack he's, he's I think he's the Jack the second. Yeah. Jack the third is in a box. He had never been opened. Jack the fourth is one I used live. It, I bought it in a used store. It used to be here, Merry Go Round or whatever mm -hmm. it's called that. And then I'm playing all this stuff out of this Roland, which is um, it's a keyboard amp, and it's basically a PA. Yeah. It's got four inputs and and. I have a similar one that I use live. This one's more powerful and it's more obnoxious. When I'm trying to play soft, the other one works better. This one's kind of loud. Yeah. These are Sure 58s. Sure yeah. 58s, yeah. Oh, this is my Fender Telly. It's a 2011. American made. Yeah. There's a difference. And then I've got my 1976 Les Paul Deluxe, which are custom, which I bought originally. And then I've got a, a Fender Sonora that's um, my acoustic. And then I got Dan Electro 12 string. Now, when we play live, it just depends on the venue. Yeah. If we're playing a small venue, I've got a small uh, Fishman, which is 100 amps, mm -hmm. but it's got two channels so I can run my vocals through it and my guitar. It really does, it's really not made for, you know, an electric, it's made more for an acoustic, but I use the box to get the different sounds. And if we're playing live, I've got a Music Man 112 RD 100 which I bought in 1982. About, about a long time ago as well, yeah. So most guitar players have names for their guitars. Do you have any names for them? Nope. None at all. <laughs> None. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, and you know, one of the shows that I did, uh, I asked the guy, I said, do you have a name for your guitar? And he's like, no, I've never thought of it. And he's like, while we were doing everything, at the end he goes, this is the new name, you know, like that. And I'm like, all right, yeah. So since you all talked about uh, a lot of your equipment and stuff, uh, y'all mind playing us something? Sure. This was uh, this is called Debbie Wall. It's an original. It's about a DJ, a uh, female DJ, that 
She worked for KCMQ okay. uh, for a long time, and then she moved to uh, she went to the where the colleges in uh, West Virginia. I can't remember the where the Mountaineers are. I can't remember the name of that uh, town. Yeah. But uh, then she moved. I think she was from Texas. She moved to Beaumont. Has her own show there. She used she used the song as a little lead in. Yeah. It's called Debbie Wild. There we go. We thought she, she actually had a name that was that was she had a Polish last name which was Winkowski or something like that. But she used the name Debbie Wild on her on radio. I always thought that was a good uh, easier to pronounce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, easier. So it goes like this. You ready, Maestro?
many originals do you all have? 150? We, uh, yeah, I've, I've written 200, but yeah. I mean, we know a bunch of them, but yeah. to keep them fresh yeah. is impossible, so yeah. we pick out the ones that we're doing at the moment. Yeah. It changes. We had some. We just added that and we hadn't, we hadn't been doing that for a while. And he liked it and I, I kind of like the song a little bit. Yeah. How many how many covers y'all know? A bunch. Eight. 70, 80, 900. Yeah. Who knows? yeah. When back in the 80s, when we were on the road, we had 200 covers. I believe it. We played, um, we could play six nights in a row and never play the same song yeah. twice. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit and, uh, about your all's new albums that y'all have out and stuff. Uh, wanted to show this to everybody here. It's called Allies and Angels. Looks like it's got 20 songs here on the back of it for them. So, uh, 37. 37? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, I was... There's I, two sides. There's two, it's oh, a double CD. That's right. That is right. I see that now. <coughs> so we, we got to talking, too, about uh, how you all, uh, uh, you know, did a lot of 80s songs mm -hmm. and stuff. Uh, if you all don't mind, you know, give us a little taste of it. Sure. All right.
So, yeah, whenever I was about 13 years old, I called that number, uh, the Jenny number. And, of course, it was disconnected as well, you know, from, you know, multiple millions of people probably calling that same number. But, so I even went as far as looking up where Tommy Two-Tone was from. And, because I figured, well, that's the area code that I'm going to have to use. You know, he's Northern California. So, I used the area code from up there even and tried to call it. So, yeah, I was even trying my best to get a hold of Jenny. You were obsessed. I was. I was. I had to get a hold of. I had to figure out what all the hype was. I mean, he mentioned yeah. her name and her gave her number. So there you go. The girl in the video was. It was a pretty strange video. Yeah. So the Ramones have always been one of our favorite bands. We just recently played the 1837 Club mm -hmm. in. Uh, where is that? Herman. And they had a really nice setup. I mean, you know, it was cold. It was November. Beginning. We were outside. Had a nice stage. Nice crowd. And, you know, we've got our gig, which is quite a bit of a mixture, you know, originals, we do some country, we do rock, you know. And there were some Merle Haggard fans. <laughs> and they were, they were unmerciful. Yeah. While we're playing, they're yelling out, play Merle Haggard. So between breaks, I went over and tried to smooth it over. And, uh, you know, oh, well, what's your favorite band? They asked me and I looked at them and said, the Ramones. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it at that. <laughs> they didn't stop the entire time we played. Not well. There was like a forum, and three of them were okay. One guy, he just would not stop. I've they seen were, I've seen hecklers at almost uh, every round. This is yeah. one of the worst. I've been. Yeah. I've seen some hecklers before. Yeah. Ready. One, two, three, four.
yeah, and that, that pretty much sums up the 80s. Everything was so fast-paced, you know, <sighs> at least until you got into the uh, hair bands in the late 80s, you know. Yeah, they all had to have a, a ballad. They all had the ballads, absolutely, and there was quite a few of them that was, you know, the... You know, crying because your girlfriend left your song, you know, of course, you know. And that well, was baby screwed point. me over and yeah. she's a bitch and I need another beer. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Wasn't that a write-up somewhere? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So one of the one of the things I like to do in every episode is I like to, uh, you know, ask questions about you all personally, um, like stuff that happened from your childhood and stuff. So, and what that does is, you know, it helps uh, separate you all as individuals than just musicians so that way people can see oh look these are people as well you know you know not just somebody on stage playing music so if y'all don't mind tell me a story from your all's childhood in the fifth and sixth grade i had a, a friend his name was john searfoss and he was a tall guy six foot in fact became a basketball star in high school and stuff so we were we were pals and one of his favorite things to do was and i was pretty small he would hit me in the arm at class and knock me out of my chair to the amusement of all the class yeah. and not the teacher. So, yeah. But that was our one of our big things. We'd spend the weekends, you know, I'd go over to his house and spend the night and stuff. And, and so one summer, my family would take a vacation. We'd go back to Philadelphia to see my mom's parents. And uh, on the way home, we'd stop somewhere in Indiana and we would we were going to be in a, a hotel, a motel, what it was. So, we were in the motel and we would go out and we'd go to the swimming pool. I didn't know how to swim. Yeah. And I was kind of scared of water to begin with. So we all go out to the swimming pool and of all things, here's John Searfoss and his family at the same motel in the middle of summer. You know, we're from, both from Mexico, Missouri. Yeah. And I go over there, he goes, hey, come on. He pulls me in the pool and doesn't hold me up or anything. He doesn't know, I don't know how to swim. And I learned how to swim right then. Instantly. Because I had learned how to float. Yeah. And so I, what I did was I just floated and, and did like that and got to the thing. After that, I knew how to swim. Yeah. And then, you know, and you hear horror stories in the past, you know, uh, people, grandpa taking you out in the boat or something. Oh, you don't know how to swim, boy? You know? Yeah, you're going to learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I was in eighth grade, my dad took us from LaGuardia Airport in New York up to Boston to see Martin Luther King. And he was doing a march. This was 1964. And it was an old-fashioned constellation, you know, ones with the three tail things in the back and everything. plane took off, I threw up. <laughs> plane leveled off, I threw up. The plane descended, I threw up. Okay. The next year, I come home at spring break. And my father's in the bathroom shaving. This is 3 o'clock in the afternoon. My dad was one of those, I work from 7 to, you know, 7 to 7. I said, Pop, what's going on? He goes... Hey, Bo, you want to go? He always called me Bo. You want to go to Chicago? I said, as long as we don't fly. Yeah. <laughs> did not so, want to do that yeah, again. No, so we took uh, the train from New York to Chicago, and we were on the 20th Century Limited, and it was the last run that it was making from New York to Chicago. There you go. Slept on the train. It was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I've been on a few trains, and that's been a yeah. definitely long, some long rides. Yeah. But it was okay. You know, I was a kid. You know, hey. Yeah. With 13, 14 years old in ninth grade, and I'm on a train with my dad, and I'm by myself because he's in the back car playing cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes my family wouldn't drive to Pennsylvania, we would take a train. Train, yeah. And my dad would go back to the bar. Yeah. And he'd let me go sometimes, and I'd get a ginger ale. Yeah. And it was a bar ginger ale. It wasn't a ginger ale ginger ale. It was like, 
Uh, I used to think I was a big shot for yeah. being back here. <laughs> kind of reminds me of, uh, I was about three years old and my, uh, uh, one of my great uncles uh, up in uh, Shelbyville, Missouri. Uh, yeah. Took me to the bar with him. He was uh, a frequent flyer at this bar. And uh, I saddled up next to the bar next to him and uh, he ordered him a drink. And the bartender looks at me and says, what do you have, son? Like that. And I said, what he's having? <laughs> and they're like, no, no, no. So they slid me out a cool glass of milk. You know, like that. And uh, so when I get home, his name was Uncle Junior. And, and I get home, and the first thing that I said to my mom was, Uncle Dooner told me no, no. You know, so yeah. Yeah, three years old. Uncle Junior, that's a good name. Yeah, Junior. Yeah, he was an old Navy uh, World, War, uh, World War II vet. Yeah, he used to get uh, Roy Rogers cocktails. Yeah. 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 My sister would get a Shirley Temple. So you want to tell us about that shirt there? Oh yeah, one? I forgot about the shirt. Yeah. Okay, let's see if we can get this rolling. Okay, it says, are you guys brothers? Well, since we've been playing basically as, as a duo, a lot of people have been coming up to us saying, are you guys brothers? <laughs> and it's like, no, we're not. So we got to talking one day and I said, you know, we should just call ourselves the Tarletones, mm. and then we could say we're brothers. So a band made up this graphic, and if you can see it says, are you guys brothers? Because he did the two of us, made me left-handed, because he's left-handed. Yeah. Okay, and then the Tarletones, I got it for my birthday. So. Another question that I like to ask is, uh, you know, any of you, anybody believe in any, uh, like cryptoids, like Bigfoot? Aliens or conspiracy theories, even. No, I believe in UFOs. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think there's too much evidence out there to not. When I was in seventh grade, I had a bedroom that had a window facing west. And I looked out the window and I saw this big, bright light, circular. Uh -huh. about, you know, and it was off in the distance. It looked like it was about this big. I mean, it wasn't, it was in the sky. And within seconds, Boom! It was gone. Yeah, I, uh, I personally, uh, you know, Bigfoot, um, I swear, I, I've told this several times over and over, but I swear that uh, I saw Bigfoot whenever I was about 14 years old when I was bow hunting. Really? I swear to, I mean, everything holy, yeah. <laughs> um, I, was, I was deer hunting, and I was hunting on a platform area, and there was a little, like a road that come, or not a road, but the woods kind of came down like this into a creek line and came up. And he came down the embankment, came up into the flat ground, got about 60 yards from me, turned sideways, and made like a grunting sound. And before long, he looked right at me and then took off into the, into the field that was out that way. And I swear on everything holy that I, I saw Bigfoot. I mean, and my buddy that was with me, his name is Phil. And uh, I, I turned around to Phil and I said, do you see that? And he goes, you're not packed up yet? <laughs> you know, so I mean, yeah. you know, and everybody's like, oh, it was a bear. Oh, okay, sure, a bear has a face like a, like me. Yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. And he didn't attack me. No, no, I didn't. Yeah. Didn't yeah. try nothing. Yeah. All I had was my bow. You know. And Bigfoot's supposed to be passive. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe in Bigfoot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. UFOs and Bigfoot. Absolutely. Any, conspiracy, any conspiracy theories? Aside from Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, well, that's a big one for sure. Yeah. yeah. I definitely don't think that one person shot JFK. There's no way. Yeah. I mean, I, I consider myself a uh, pretty good shot. Mm -hmm. uh, and there is no way in the world that I could pump one out that quick. Yeah. When it happened, um, my, dad, my dad collected all kinds of guns and stuff like that. And they went down to the to the range, mm -hmm. and they couldn't get off three shots in the amount of time. No. 
I've got a I've got a lever action, uh, some some single shots or some bolt actions, and some semi-automatics. And we tried this exact same thing over and over. And to be accurate, mm -hmm. uh, no, no, and, and, and yeah, because no. <coughs> they hit them twice. Yeah, to be accurate at that at at supposedly at those distances, there's no way. Well, the entry is different too. Yeah, it's I mean. Yeah. There had to have been another shooter. It's a big cover up, you know. Not to sure. mention that when Conley got hit, yeah. for that bullet, they call it the magic bullet, for it yeah. to have come out of his wrist with it. This is just probably not a way it could have happened. That no. Way. No, there's no way. Conley yeah. knows what happened. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, um, so I had a question. Where did you come up with the name Stickies? So, How did that come about? So, Sticky is my nickname. Right. And so, uh, <clears throat> so. Once, once again, what we do in here is every episode, if anybody asks me how I got the name Sticky, um, we throw a story out there. And the story, it's up to the viewers out there to decide if it's real or not. And uh, the first person, the first viewer that gives me the real answer out of 14 episodes gets a jar of my moonshine, which is, uh, you know, I've been making for 20 plus years, you know. So there we go. So the name Sticky. Um, so if you look up walmart.com and you look up on there and you look up the biggest jar of lube that you can get, it says a 55-gallon barrel of lube. And so I was like, yeah, right. So I ordered it. I just wanted to see what it, if it would actually come to the house. So I, I get, the, get the pickup notice. I go pick up in my truck in Walmart and I 55-gallon thing of lube. And, you know, and I'm like, okay, so we loaded up in the bed of the truck. Well, getting it loaded in the truck, they've got all the supplies there. No problem. They can load it. I didn't think about how I was going to unload it when I got home. <laughs> so, you know, we get home and stuff, and there's three of us, and we're trying to ease this big old barrel up out of the back of the truck, and about that time, it just dumped. And it went all over me, all over everything, knowing to mankind, everything. And of course, everything in the world sticks to you when you're covered in lube. Of course, if you fart in there, the bubbles kind of suspend. But, <laughs> you know, that's a different story. But, uh, you know, uh, but yeah, uh, so once, so I became very sticky with in lube. <laughs> and uh, there was a lot of money wasted, 55 gallons down the drain. You know, everybody started calling me sticky. So they're, hence, you know, the stickies cabana. Thing. Okay. Yeah. On that. Well, a follow up to my question would be. What were you doing looking up for lube? <laughs> so, what was the original purpose for getting 55 gallons? Original, yeah, so I wanted to do a slip and slide in my backyard, and I figured, why not? What sure better, you did. What, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. That's a good story anyway, right? You know, yeah, slip and slide, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, um, so uh, another question I like to ask everybody, um, you know, if somebody comes up to you and asks you as a kid, as a young person or whatever, ask you, you know, guys, how, hey, how do I get into doing what you guys are doing? What's one of the first things you all would tell them? Think twice. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to be, uh, you have to be dedicated. Yeah. There's a certain period of time where you may question it, but if you really want to do it, you kind of get hooked on being accepted. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's also, there's a, a good deal of camaraderie. If you've ever, a lot of sports people, there's a connection between musicians and, and uh, athletes. Athletes, because uh, it is a it's a team kind of a thing yeah. usually, and that part of, of being in a band is pretty gratifying for a lot of people. Sure, mm -hmm. I mean, there's other there's other reasons to do it, but what what would you think uh, about 
Well, what would you tell somebody if, if they said... Start early. Yeah. You got a lot of work and you're going to make sacrifices because you're going to give a lot of stuff up. It's just like, same thing with sports. I mean, they're, they're very interconnected. Um, you know, if you want to be a, like my son who plays baseball, mm -hmm. played professional baseball, uh, from the age of four up until about a year ago, October, that's all he did. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, come home, do his homework, go out in the backyard, hit, throw, all that stuff, eat dinner, and it's time for bed. Yeah. You know, so it, it's the same thing with, with any instrument. You, you want to learn to play it and play it well. I'll say one thing, and this may not be what everybody thinks, but I think it's a little easier now because rather than trying to figure out what's going on, you can go online and someone can save you a lot of time by showing you, here's actually how it happens. Yeah. Here, and, then, you know, and you don't have to do it that way, but knowing what the original way of doing something is. I don't like bands so much that, that copy exactly, try to copy. Yeah. I like bands, if, I mean, a lot of the, the like the, for instance, if you want to call them real bands, when they would do a cover of somebody, they didn't try to do it exactly like the, they deliberately tried to do their own version. Yeah, sometimes it worked, sometimes yeah. it didn't. The Beatles were a hard band yeah. to, to copy and make better. Yeah, so, and most people gave them their own flair, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, we got time for one more song if you guys are interested. Yeah. One more, say yeah. We're gonna try to. Uh, our first LP was called Electric Woman. Women. So we're gonna do that. We. This song is. It's still got the basic same verse, chorus, and stuff. Yeah. But with two of us, because the original version has like three guitars, a couple different keyboards, drums, bass, and. Uh, there's a slide in there, and so this the duo version's a little different. There we go. We take the highlights. Take the highlights <laughs> of it and go with it. We'll let Jack uh, count us off here.
Thanksgiving of '79. Yeah, we were in, we had moved to Chicago at the time, and uh, this record company we were with, which was called Criminal Records, yeah. they, they was kind of holding back and they wouldn't release it. So our manager did it anyway, yeah. much to their disappointment. He went ahead and released mainly on a local basis. We had there was like 500 copies, and so uh, there was never any more printed. Yeah, vinyl. Well, there you go. You maybe have to do something as a remake later on with that. I put it on CD. Yeah. And all yeah. the songs have been, you know, putting on other uh, greatest hits things yeah. and stuff like that. Well, there you go. So one thing I like to do at the end of it here is uh, I like to pull a page from Sean Evans's Hot Ones. And I say, you know, you've got this camera, this camera, and this camera. Guys, tell everybody how to get a hold of y'all. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
So you got the number. Let me hand. Let me show that up close here. Yeah, yeah. All right. The website is Bannister.com. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think that's on there. Say something about the uh, special occasions. It's right there. Yeah. Yeah. Special occasions. We've been uh, we're, we're getting into the wedding market a little bit. Oh, yeah. Getting our feet wet. Yeah. Here we got all our the artists we do on the back of it. Oh, artists on the back here. Yeah. You know, everybody can see that. Yeah. Because right now weddings are still going on. Yeah. You know, so compared to you know clubs and everything else. Bands yeah. tend to pay you a little bit of money. To, I can imagine. You know, there's so many bands that want to go play in a nightclub, and you can't blame them because they, they may not have played 50,000 gigs like we have, and they want to go out and play, and so they'll play for nothing. Yeah. And yeah. a bar, the, the bottom line for a lot of bars is you got to sell a lot of beers to pay the money that we, that we want. Yeah. And so yeah. if they can get a band that will come in there and play for almost free and bring their friends in. Yeah. Our friends are either in jail or too old or dead. It's <laughs> yeah. a hell of a combination, yeah. Well, definitely want to tell y'all thank you for coming on to the show. Mm -hmm. Y'all remember to like, subscribe, uh, everything, so you can catch more of these. Uh, looks like that's it. So next week we're going to have Need Bail on, on with us. Um, so we look forward to that one. See y'all next week. Peace out.